Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, Scott Pioli, Dan Graziano today. The list is Michael Jordan-centric. Your phone calls, as always. And I will win your NCAA pool for you if you are just willing to listen. All those and more. But first, I will begin by telling you this is the day I've been envisioning for a long time. Here we go! Only one place to start. Here's the place to start. When I said I'll start doing the show at an earlier time, I'll come right off of TV, right off of Get Up and Roll, right into the radio. My vision was, I've got all these people in studio with me talking sports every single day, and they'll just stay right in their seat, and we'll just roll on. And then, of course, I've not been able to do it a single time, because during the pandemic, I've had almost no one in studio. But today is the beginning of the rest of our lives. The big fella, Chris Canty, is good enough to hang out with me for a few extra minutes, putting off his afternoon workout in order to talk some football with me here on ESPN Radio. Thank you, big man. Thank you for having me on, G. I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's great. So let's dive right into what I think was the most intriguing conversation that we had uh, on the television show Get Up This Morning, and that was about Russell Wilson. And, and I call myself the Shefty Whisperer. All right. I interpret Adam Schefter. I've known him 15 years and I know how to get him to say things that he doesn't always necessarily want to say. So if you missed it this morning, Shefty basically told us, pay no attention to the four teams that the agent gave as the list of interest for Russell Wilson, that we should expand that if only in our own minds. And that what the Seahawks are interested in is a team with a high draft pick to be a trade partner so they can draft the quarterback of their future. And the reason they're not ready to make a deal now is they need more time to scout these guys. They've got six weeks to do it, to take a close look at Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, perhaps fall in love with one of them, and then make the Russell Wilson trade. And the second point that is worth noting is that we talk about a $39 million dead cap charge. Well, on the roster, Russell Wilson would cost them $32 million. So the difference is $7 million, not $39 million if he's there or he's not. If you look at it that way, it starts to feel much more possible, and Shefty continues to keep alive the idea of a trade. So, Chris Canty, as you heard all of that, what thoughts went through your mind? Well, first of all, it makes sense that Seattle would take that position because they're going to have to have a succession plan at quarterback with life after Russell Wilson. So you're not going to trade an elite quarterback and not have a pathway to add a guy that you think can develop into an elite quarterback, you're not going to do that. So I think they're looking at it from the standpoint that Russell Wilson is one of the best assets you could have in the National Football League, and it's going to take a haul in order for them to get off their position and move him and stomach the cap hit that would follow. Yes, but this is where the whole Shefty Whisperer piece comes in because I just keep working him, and I just keep working him. And finally, you heard what he said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This trade is very real. Like, this could definitely happen. The idea that, that because he didn't go to Chicago, who has nothing to give Seattle that they could possibly be interested in, that by no means closes the door. As we get closer to the draft, this could happen. So let's do this for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Go to the top of the draft. Jacksonville, take them out of the equation. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. The New York Jets select at number two. They have the second pick, which means it could be Zach Wilson. They also have Sam Darnold. Do you feel like the Jets should be on the phone right now with Seattle trying to figure out a way to get Russell Wilson? Absolutely. You have to explore that. I mean, the New York Jets haven't been able to find a franchise quarterback since arguably Joe Namath. So they've got to find a guy, and right now with the second overall pick, 
That's an attractive trade trip, not to mention you have Sam Donald. So if that's something that the Seahawks would be interested in, and I'm assuming they would be because Pete Carroll had some glowing things to say about Sam Donald, then it would absolutely make sense for Joe Douglas, their general manager, to pick up the phone. Like, you got to think that teams that are in on the Deshaun Watson conversation or the Deshaun Watson move should also be in on the Russell Wilson move. It makes a lot of sense for Gang Green. The next spot is Miami sitting at three. They're in a similar place. They have a young quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa, and they have the third pick in the draft, which could equal one of the big quarterbacks here. Now, probably not Wilson, who is the guy everyone loves. For those who aren't following this, Zach Wilson is the quarterback from BYU who reminds everyone of a combination of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Now, I can't imagine a better endorsement you could possibly get in the NFL today than that. Should the Dolphins be doing that? And if they are, if you're Seattle... Which package do you like better, the one that has Darnold and the second pick in it or the one that has Tua and the third pick in it? Well, to answer the first part of the question, the Dolphins should absolutely be in on it. You're talking about a double-digit win team that was right there knocking on the doorstep of the playoffs. So you absolutely have to make that move if you can acquire Russell Wilson because all of a sudden you're vaulted into true title contender status. Now, as to whether or not the Seattle Seahawks should take the Dolphins package or the Jets package, I would look at it from this standpoint. Give me the pick of the quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence. So I would take the higher draft pick and have my choice between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I'd rather be in that position if I'm Pete Carroll and John Snyder. Yeah, and you could do whatever you want with the Sam Darnold of it all, including not include him in the trade. You could say we're not interested in him if what you want is the second pick and ask for more things. This is very real. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise, and it's exciting to follow. And and the other piece of this is – If what we believe the case to be that part of this is being driven by Russell Wilson's desire to set both himself and his wife up for whatever the next chapter of their lives is going to be, to increase his profile, the idea that being in Seattle, perhaps he doesn't get the attention that he might get in other places. New York obviously satisfies that. Chicago would satisfy that, which is why it made some sense to have the Bears on the list. And I think Miami does too. There is a... Not only a, um, a cosmopolitan, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is flair to South Florida. It's sort of an international feel mm-hmm. as well. I could see him liking that setup, and they're a pretty good team as well. Yeah, I mean, the teams at the top of the draft, you're talking about international cities with the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Right. So from that standpoint and having the platform that he wants to launch his good man brand, like that makes sense. But he's also got to think about his legacy and putting himself in an ideal football situation. So if you're Russell Wilson and the difference between the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, you're probably leaning toward Miami just because you have a better supporting cast. There's a lot of work that has to be done with this Jets roster in order to make them a playoff contender. But make no mistake, getting Russell Wilson is a huge part of the puzzle if you're Joe Douglas. And let me just say this. For those of you across the country who don't know Chris Canty, everyone in New York knows Chris. He hosts mornings on ESPN Radio in our, our station in New York City with um, with Dave Rothenberg and, and Rick DiPietro. Uh, for, and for those across the country, he played in the NFL forever. But here's what I'm most impressed by. And, and because Rothenberg is a hockey guy, mm-hmm. and DiPietro obviously was a, is a, an NHL goalie. Yep. Your hockey knowledge this morning, <laughs> when the, we did hockey stuff on the show, your hockey knowledge was extraordinary, Canty. You sh- I was very impressed. Gee, you know this, man. If you're talking sports in New York, you got to be able to talk all of it. That's baseball, basketball, and yes, of course, hockey. So when we were having the conversation about Shesterkin and versus Georgie or Gorgiev, mm-hmm. like that, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate thing. You got to be able to know that if you're on air in New York City doing radio. Yes, everyone Just in the room to. was, was, was and, and I find the whole Gorgiev-Georgie 
controversy to be quite difficult. <laughs> his name is Gorgiev, yeah. and his nickname is Georgie, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. If his name is pronounced with the hard G's, then why wouldn't he be Gorgie as opposed to Georgie? That has never sat well with me. Well, gee, it's hockey. It doesn't have to make sense. You know the hockey guys are different. Good luck trying to pronounce all of those different names. I got that. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to me that, that you're, it's not a shortening of the name. People don't call me Dreeny because my name is Greeny with a hard G or Greenberg with a hard G. Well, these are well, things well, I'm going to have to ask you to ask DPHO about. Well, here's the thing. I mean, for the New York Knicks coach, it's Thibodeau, yeah, but his nickname is Tibbs. That's so, true. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of something That's there. That's true. He it's easier to pronounce the nickname. He, he he did get up with me for a, a ton of time. What a coach that guy is, by the way. But that's a whole other thing. Anyway, you have been very nice to spend these minutes with me here before your afternoon workout. It is a pleasure. And for those who don't know, again, congratulations on your recent nuptials or, or your recent engagement, uh, which was very exciting. Thank you, G. You got any marriage advice for me? Oh, uh, believe me. We don't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> Uh, it is great to have you here. Thank you very much for sticking around. Chris Candy does a terrific job. Scott Pioli will jump in here next. We'll get to the bottom of all of this. The list is Michael Jordan-centric today, and I'm going to win your bracket with the NCAA tournament starting tonight. All those are on the way. We're just getting rolling. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Wow, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Scott Pioli will join me in just a second on the Goodyear hotline. We'll try and make some sense of all of the wheeling and dealing around the NFL, including during that break, I just saw two more stories that came in that are of some consequence, I think, that are certainly worth getting into a little, and I will share those with you in exactly 30 seconds. New deals in the NFL. I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you that the tournament is finally here and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And when you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds. Get in on all this week's action. Download the DraftKings app. Enter my name, Greeny, as the code when you sign up, and you'll be entering the free $1 million survivor pool. That's code Greeny. You enter into DraftKings' free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Meanwhile, again, just as I'm sitting here, two stories. One of them, Patrick Chung has announced his retirement. That's a long-standing, very high-profile, much-decorated member of that New England defense, Super Bowl champion Patrick Chung announcing his retirement, and the Giants have signed Mike Glennon to be their backup quarterback, so he'll back up Daniel Jones this year. You know, a lot of the big names have been done, but a lot of wheeling and dealing is yet to be done, and frequently this is where the most important and impactful moves wind up being made. And let's have that conversation and more with a guy who would know all about it, longtime NFL GM, now a terrific analyst at NFL Network. Scott Pioli is back with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Scott Pioli. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. I did not hear him. Guys, am I the only one who doesn't hear him? Scott, can you hear Greeny? Uh-oh. I can hear Greeny fine. Can you hear me? Perfect. Now I can. Yes, excellent. Thank you, Scott. Great to talk to you again. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, and, and so let's just start with that. Before we get into the big stuff, Like, give me a sense of what these days are like when, when you have that flurry like we had on Monday and Tuesday and so many big names go off the board. But now, particularly in this one blip of a year, where so few teams have any money to spend and the salary cap comes down. Give me a sense of what it is right now and the moves that are getting made today and tomorrow. What's interesting, Greeny, is the way that things are being done right now at this moment is how I always went through free agency for years. Even though we had cap room, even though we had some space, we were always waiting for that second wave, waiting for the outrageous contracts to go away and then try to get good deals. Because we we always had this mentality of, of never wanting to bring in players from the outside and not have this sense of loyalty to our own players that were contributing and doing great things for us. So, so what I'm watching happen right now, it just seems like there's a lot of teams sitting right now being patient, waiting for the market to settle. And a lot of that has to do with what they can do fiscally, right? It's cap space, but it's also cash avail- availability coming off of a season where, and I'm not crying poor for the owners, but certainly a cash flow situation for a lot of teams that's depressed more than they're used to. So this is, a lot of people are just kind of sitting waiting for things to settle, Greeny. And then the the least likely candidate, if you will, is the one that has done exactly the opposite of what you just said. And you were so many years there in New England, you know exactly the way Bill Belichick operates. What do you, what is your reaction to him being the one that kind of set the tempo this year on day one and making all those high profile moves? You know, I wasn't so I was surprised by how high profile they were. But to me, this was a was a couple things. I'm looking at this. So Bill was sitting at home in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. He had a lot of time to think. He and his team that make these decisions were sitting there with a lot of time to think about what was wrong with their roster, what they needed to fix it, so they could focus on free agency without the distractions of playoff preparation for the first time. They were very honest with their with themselves as to where their roster was. They saw opportunity. They also had opportunity because they had so much cap space. I think, you know what, again, I'll I'll just say this, you know, way back when we started this whole Patriots run, the dynasty, as some people refer to it as, you know, Greeny, people forget that in 2001, we signed 23 free agents that Hmm. year. And we went out and signed Mike Rabel, Larry Izzo, Roman Pfeiffer, Brian Cox, Mark Edwards, Antoine Smith, Matt Stevens, Anthony Pleasant, you know, all these guys that were stars for us, Ken Walter, a punter who was key for us. 
And the thing, the difference was then we we had a good core of talent with Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruschi, you know, uh, Lawyer Malloy, Ty Law. But we had to build upon that. We had a lot of holes to fill. We signed 23 free agents for a total of 2.5 million dollars in signing bonuses. And I, I know that that's it, it. People will say, "Well, that's what the economy was," and it was still it was a low number then. But the 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 thought process doesn't change, Greeny. You look at your roster, you know you have needs, and there's multiple vehicles to do it. There's the current unrestricted free agency, there's the draft, there's the June 1 free agency, and then there's the post-53 man cut free agency. All those vehicles are being used. So when I saw Bill do this, I was a little bit surprised at some of the numbers for two players. But then if you look at it, a lot of this was really uh, middle class or upper middle class signings that they went out and made. It's a fascinating insight you have into it. Greeny and Scott Pioli are here, which begs the question, what is your sense, knowing him as you do, of what he's thinking regarding quarterback right now? He's, he's got Cam Newton back at a contract that could easily be a backup quarterback's salary. But candidly, they could move on from him entirely if they wanted to. Maybe he recaptures some semblance of the magic that made Cam Newton a league MVP a few years ago. If you had to guess, just knowing him as you do, do you think he feels like Cam is his starter this year? And Greeny, I will preface this by saying this is a guess because yeah. Bill and I haven't worked together for a while. And right. even though we're friends, one one thing about Bill is he is ever evolving. He has rules, he has principles, he has things that he follows, but he's also willing to evolve. And I think in this case with Cam Newton, this is how I would see it. Based on the contract, which people, when it came out, it was stated as being a $14 million contract. It's not a $14 million contract. He's being paid $5.1 million dollars. He has incentives that can go up to $14 million. So right now on the base, he's being paid a backup salary. He is being paid like a backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. So that's what he is. Now, based on what how I would see this happening, there's another quarterback that's not on the roster who's going to be a true competitor for the starting job with Cam. And Bill is all about competition. That program is all about competition. But here's what I'll say. I love this because if Cam Newton is willing to be a competitor, he does not think he's above it all. He says, you know what? You pay me 5.1, but if I play, I perform, I need to get paid. Don't disrespect me. And he's betting on himself. But, Greeny, I really think that there's – here's what I see out in free agency. There's more quarterbacks out there than there are jobs available. Hmm. So this is a game of, of musical chairs, and Cam may be – one of the top 32. I think he is one of the 32 best, but there's going to be this infusion of young quarterbacks. And maybe Cam is the quote unquote, you know, to use a Parcells phrase, the hold the fort guy until their real starter is there. And if he plays, he'll get paid. If he doesn't, he'll get the backup salary. But I love what they're doing because it stays true to the competitive spirit of what is the Patriots. It's great insight. Scott Paoli with me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven now and and, and analyst for NFL Network. Let's go then to the really big uh, name in all this, and that's Russell Wilson. And we talked a lot about it on my TV show this morning. Adam Schefter suggesting that by no means should we assume this is done here. So put yourself into the meaning, the idea that he might still get traded this offseason. So put yourself in Mm -hmm. in the shoes or in the seat, if you will, of the GM in Seattle, John Schneider, if you are entertaining the possibility of trading Russell Wilson, for whatever reason you are, what in your mind are you thinking, I need to get this back in order to give this serious consideration? Well, I would say 
first of all, I would do other things before considering doing that. Right. It would take a king's ransom to move him. But what I would work on is, and here, I, I want to give a little insight into situations like this, Greeny, because clearly there's an issue with the relationship. What I don't like about the relationship is Pete Carroll hasn't spoken publicly about it. John Schneider hasn't spoken publicly about it. Russell Wilson kind of, sort of has, but some of his surrogates and some of his advocates have put this stuff out there. I don't like that because, and, and here's what I'll say. I was in some really, really uncomfortable moments with people like Willie McGinnis, um, you know, Teddy Bruschi, who I had to negotiate his contract directly with him. You know, Mike Vrabel. I, Mike Vrabel's a great example because he was involved with his, you know, even though his agent, Neil Cormich, did his contracts, Mike was very involved. And there were conversations and situations and things that happened between a player, a head coach, and a general manager that are really uncomfortable for everyone. But if you care about yourself and you care about other people, you show respect and you don't take family business publicly. Family business is family business. So to me, I would love to see this group repair whatever it is. Um, because it's, it's just not a good look for anybody. And, and Russell shouldn't try to embarrass John or Pete, and Pete and John shouldn't try to – because at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, and Schneider and Pete are going to be there with him when he gets inducted. He's going to be a Seahawk when he gets inducted. So think long-term and don't poke people in the eye. It's just not healthy for relationships. I mean, I go back – talking about Mike Vrabel. Talk about someone – again, he was involved in his negotiations – but you know, Greeny, when I went to Kansas City and Bill traded him to me along with Matt Castle, Rabel was pissed. He was pissed that he was going to be done with the Patriots. He knew that was one case, but he wanted to dictate where he wanted to go. He didn't like the fa- And even though he and I had a great relationship, he had a very private conversation with me and said, you know, Scott, you know, why can't I choose where I want to finish my career? I don't like this. This is not fair. And, and we talked about some things that were really emotional, and it was intense. And Mike, Mike was mad at me for a while. He was mad at Bill for a while. But no one ever knew that. I'm only speaking about that now, by the way, because I got Mike's permission to talk about us being able to reveal family business. And I want to use that as an example of, you know, a lot of bad and tough things happen within families. The world doesn't need to know it because, in the end, everyone loses. It's a really interesting way to look at it, and it's probably a better way to look at it than all the speculation that we're engaged in on a daily basis. A Greeny and Scott yeah, Pioli with me here. Yeah, you know, but, 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 you know, it pays the bill, so I keep doing it one way or the other. Amen. One last thing for you. Scott Pioli again with me here on ESPN Radio. Uh, the self-serving question in all of this. Uh, the New York Jets really have the first fascinating pressure point in the, New York, uh, in the uh, NFL draft ahead of them. Round one is six weeks tonight. They have the young quarterback, Sam Darnold, on their roster. They have the second pick, which could equal Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. By now, I feel like everybody knows this scenario. Uh, from, from whatever you, evaluation you have done to this point, if you were sitting in that seat, which direction do you think you would go? In terms of the specific player? Yeah, I mean, no, would you take a quarterback and, and, and move on from Darnold, or would you stick with Darnold and, and, and try and build around him? Greedy, here's what I think I would do. It's a new head coach. It's a new offensive coordinator. It's a new. It's a general manager who didn't draft him. I would more than likely move on from Sam Darnold to get the quarterback that I know can fit whatever Mike LaFleur wants. Now, I want to say this as a caveat. 
if Mike LaFleur has looked at Sam Darnold and say, this is the guy that I need for this specific offense, this is the guy that I can win with, well, then stick with him for another year and give him that fifth-year option. But to me, they're sitting in a very good place because they have two pretty good options here. But to me, looking at it as an outsider, I would say, hey, Joe Douglas didn't draft him. Mike LaFleur, you know, may need a different kind of quarterback. Robert Sala may want something. So I think it might be time to move because let's face it, the Jets do need a quarterback, but they need so much more as well, Greeny. That's exactly right. That's why trading that second pick, if you could make it work the other way, to me is the most appealing option. But the quarterback is also the most important position and, and thus the quandary. Or Greeny, I'll throw this out there. Yeah. You have so much draft capital and you have Sam Darnold. Maybe there's a quarterback, a veteran quarterback that's out there on the market that's going to be shopped in a trade where you could give up. You have the draft capital to give up, but you also have the quarterback where I'm just making this up. If he was, if they traded for Deshaun Watson, the Texans would therefore have a quarterback immediately that they could play with that is NFL caliber, and it wouldn't be as bad for the Texans either. So I just throw that out there. A hundred percent. And to yeah. me, that's use all avenues of player acquisition that are available. Yes, that, that remains out there. Obviously, Deshaun Watson and now the latest with these allegations, we have to see where that settles. And then you have Russell Wilson. So there are a million different possibilities here as we go forward. Scott, I enjoyed this. Thank you very much for all this time. I, I appreciate it. And we will do it again soon. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Greeny. Love being on with you. Appreciate Take care. You. Scott Pioli, again, longtime NFL executive and now an analyst at NFL Network. And that was really good. Uh, that, 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 a lot of really interesting insight there and a lot of big decisions to be made as the league is being reshaped sort of right before our eyes. All right. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Let's do the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green list. All right, I am very excited for today's green list, uh, which is my top five, this, that, or the other, as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost expert and authority on all matters. Uh, because anytime we can talk about Michael Jordan, I'm a happy man. Today, March 18th, is the anniversary of the day Michael Jordan authored the most impactful two-word sentence in the history of sports. He faxed the Chicago Bulls and the world a two-word sentence, I'm back, 1995. This is the day Jordan announced he was coming back from baseball and coming back to the NBA. I was covering the team at the time, so I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was about as significant a thing as has happened in sports in the big picture in a very long time. So today's list, Michael Jordan's top five accomplishments in his second incarnation his top five accomplishments after returning in 1995. Number five. All right, number five, I'm going to go with the double nickel game, the 55-point game at the Garden, which came about a week into it, ten week to ten days after he returned uh, to play. He had played a couple of games. He hadn't looked necessarily quite himself in the first game or two, and then we went to the Garden. Again, I'm on the road with that team. I make the joke all the time. I'm walking in the media entrance on 8th Avenue at the Garden. I got my credential in my hand. Guy yells out to me, I'll give you $5,000 for your credential. And so I enjoyed the game from a bar across the street. Again, that's a joke. I covered the game. And he scores 55 points in one of the great shows. The sound in the Garden that night, there is a sound that really only happens in Madison Square Garden. And it doesn't happen often, certainly not lately. But that night, 
that was electric. And that game sort of signified Michael Jordan really is back. That's number five on the green Number list. four. Four, Michael Jordan became, in the 97-98 season, his final year with the Bulls, he became the oldest player in history to lead the league in scoring. When that season ended, he was 35 years and 61 days old. And he led the NBA in scoring. Uh, people just don't remember what this guy was. He was the oldest player to lead the league in scoring uh, in the last season that he had with the Chicago Bulls. Number three. Uh, he averaged in that year's finals, 1998, in the finals, his last finals, the one that ends against Utah with him with his hand in the air after knocking down that shot, after stealing the ball on the other end from Carl Malone. He averaged 33.5 points a game in those finals. Now, you may say to yourself, that's a heck of a number. Let me make it an even bigger number. His team did not score 100 points in any of those games. In those games, you look back at those finals. Go back and look up the 98 finals. Most of the games finished in the 80s. The first game was 88-85, and it went to overtime. Those teams played defense back then. And so he was averaging 33.5 points on a team that was averaging about 90. So the Bulls did not score 100 points in any game, and Jordan averaged 33.5 in the finals at the age of almost 36. That was Michael Jordan, and that is number three on today's list of the top accomplishments from Michael Jordan after he came back for his second incarnation. Number two. At number two, we just have to put the 72 wins. I mean, he comes back 95-96. The record for most wins in an NBA season had been 69 forever. So this was 96 when it happened. The, the, the Sixers, uh, the Wilt team, had set that record in the 60s. So that record had stood a very long time. Larry Bird's Celtics never did it. Magic Johnson's Lakers never did it. Nobody won 70 games. Jordan and the Bulls won 72 on their way to that first championship of the return, of the three-peat. And I was there for every day of it. And their motto was, it don't mean a thing if you don't get the ring. And they went into the finals and they steamrolled everybody. But that season, the 72 wins, is number two. Number one. But number one is my own personal one. You will understand why this is so important to me if you have been listening to me for a long time. When Michael Jordan put together his second three-peat at the ages of 33, 34, and 35, the 96, 97, and 98 seasons, he played in the regular seasons those years, 82, 82, and 82 games. Michael Jordan did not hear of the words load management, none of this baloney that we deal with today. And if you want to say, well, the guys today play harder, go back and watch Michael Jordan play. Go back and watch Michael Jordan play on a random Tuesday in New Jersey in February. A game that, that most of the stars today would sit out, wouldn't bother playing. Jordan was playing like it was game seven of the NBA Finals. He was the best there ever was, and that is my favorite reason why Michael Jordan would punch you in the face if you suggested that he load manage a regular season NBA game. He's the greatest there ever was. He's the greatest there'll ever be. And that is today's green list, the top five Jordan accomplishments after this date in 1995 when he announced to the world that he was coming back. All right, I've got my bracket analytics. I'm going to win you the NCAA tournament this year if you are only paying attention. But up next, we'll take your NFL calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. This worked really well yesterday, and we didn't get nearly enough in, so let's do it. I'm just going to ask you, how are we feeling? If you're an NFL fan, this has been a tumultuous week. Could be great for your team, could be terrible for your team, but there's very little in between. So my question to you is, how are we feeling? 
Say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get your answers to that question right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger's always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. I'm Greeny, and your calls are next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, back with you here, presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder, my first choice would be that you spend two hours with me every single day. We're here. We're having fun. We're talking sports. But I get it. Sometimes you're busy. So I will remind you that we are also a podcast. The show is called Hashtag Greenie. They take each hour, they make it its own individual one-hour podcast, and you can listen to it anywhere that you are accustomed to getting your podcasts. All right, if you're a football fan, this has been a tumultuous week. And if you're like me, you're trying to take it all uh, in and see what it means for your team, my team, and everybody else's team. So the game on the phones here is called How We Feeling? Has it been a good week, a bad week for your team? Because every team's fortunes are being reshaped one way or the other. And we're coming to your calls right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. Good morning to you, Bubba. Let's hear who's first up with us. Let's start with Riley. All right, Riley, you're on ESPN Radio. Riley, how we feeling? I'm good, Greeny. Hey, man, big fan. I just wanted to say that. Thanks. I'm, I'm feeling really good, man. My Carolina Panthers made some solid moves so we can get after Brady. I'm feeling real good. But I'll be even more ecstatic if we can get rid of Bridgewater and get Watson or even Russell. Who's the quarterback going to be? That's my question for you, Riley. Who is the quarterback in Carolina going to be? I mean, I'm praying and hoping it's Deshaun. You know, he's a Clemson guy. Let's go ahead and bring him back home to South Carolina. But, hey, I don't know, man. I, I just hope it's not Bridgewater. I'll tell you that much. I don't think it's going to be Teddy. I, I don't. I think of all the different things that might happen, that's not one of them. Carolina at eight is a spot a lot of people are pointing to in the first round of this draft as a quarterback spot. There's also a lot of conversation about them moving up. I, I think you could see them moving up to six with Philly. Depending on other circumstances, I could see them moving up to five. I could even see them, in theory, moving all the way up to two if that's what they decide to do. So Carolina's got a lot of fascinating possibilities. I do not think Bridgewater being their starter is realistically among them. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Pat. Pat, how we feeling? 
Greeny, I'm feeling terrible as a New York Jets fan. Corey Davis, okay, I like it. I like the Carl Lawson signing, but we have done absolutely nothing with the second most cap room in the league to address the offensive line. Do need a Kansas City. I mean, I can't blame him, but he's going to a team that has a chance to win, but you couldn't secure Lindsley. And now they're going to draft a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson or one of these other guys, and they're going to draw him behind a terrible offensive line, and it's going to be the same exact circle all over again with Sam Darnold. This is why this team cannot win, because the these quarterbacks get rocked behind this terrible offensive line over and over again. I, there, there is. I'm not going to argue with the word you are saying. Now, I, I, I have never been more, as I just mentioned, I've never been more attuned to the draft prospects than I am right now because I'm hosting the draft this year. The Jets, if they were to trade back from two, there are two offensive tackles that are going to go in the first ten or so picks. One of them is a name you know, Panay Sewell from Oregon. He's like the next in this, you know, just plug him in, left tackle, all-world, you know, Hall of Fame type guys. There's another offensive tackle named Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, who's going to be Northwestern's first first-round pick in 16 years, who is a very high first-round pick. There are a bunch of others in the draft. The Jets have a second first-round pick this year at number 23. They could take an offensive lineman there. There are a lot of possibilities there. Yes, I think that there are a lot of Jet fans who would like to have seen them address the offensive line in this free agency. To this point, they haven't. There might still be some deals out there to be made. Let's see if they do it, but I understand what you are saying. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Thomas. Cap- Thomas, did you say? Thomas. Sure Thomas, did. you're with me here. Thomas, how are we feeling? Green, you know what, man? I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm on your show, and I'm about to let it go. Check this out. Minnesota Vikings has just got P-square. I'm not Huey Lewis, but I'm bringing the news, and it's here, there, and everywhere. The Vikings are hip, so hip to have P-square. Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. I know I'm going crazy right now. Let me calm down. But Patrick Peterson, Lord have mercy. Shut him down. <laughs> shut him, shut him down. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, first and foremost, I enjoyed everything about the call. And you are welcome to call me every single day if you're going to bring that kind of energy. So make a note of that. Second of all, Patrick Peterson, who has been as good a corner as there's been in the league over the last decade, now going to Minnesota where they need that help. But A, I don't know that he's the difference in a division where I think that um, – well, I was about to say you're the third best team. I'm really not sure of that. I'm not sure what the Bears are. I'm not sure who has a worse quarterback situation right now than they do in Chicago. Um, and I don't know that Peterson is the same player that he was before. But I love the energy and the enthusiasm, and so I'm, I'm not going to do anything to dampen it. Bubba, give me one more. Let's go to Rob. All right, Rob, you're with me on ESPN Radio. How are we feeling, Rob? Hey, Mr. Greenberg, I appreciate you taking my call, and I'm feeling optimistic. And who are we a fan of, Rob? My G-men, uh, I'd like to get your input. So, things have been real quiet. Hoping this year, with the trade deadline, everything, all that, I would like to see us work on our O-line and run an RPO with Danny Dimes last year. I can't remember what he was clocked at with that unbelievable fall down, almost touchdown. Yeah. But I'm hoping that the Giants aren't going to finish ahead of the Redskins, but I think we got a good chance to make the playoffs. He's a much better uh, athlete than most people, I think, realize. And, and I knew that because Jay Billis told it to me. By now you know Jay Billis coached his AAU basketball team when he was growing up. He's a great basketball player. I, I like Jones. I, I think that's, you know, I, I, how long have we been saying the Giants need to do something about the offensive line? And they keep bringing in people, and it keeps not getting better. So I'm with you. I think there are moves to be made there. You could use one more weapon on the outside, I think. 
Um, and the defense has to continue to improve. They got so much better as the year went on last year. When last season began, that defense was embarrassing, and it got a lot better. I was very impressed with the coach. I was very impressed with Judge last year. In fact, there were, there were moments in the last month of the season I was positive they were going to win that division. Now, I think Washington is the best team in that division, but frankly, I think the Giants are second, not the Cowboys. And if you told me right now the Giants were going to be the pleasant surprise of the NFL season and win nine games... I would not be surprised by that at all. All right, outstanding calls as always. Delighted to hear from you. Much more as we roll on on a busy Thursday, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.